welcome to the Seeds Church Podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on our Apple and Spotify podcasts. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message from our Sunday service. This is my attempt at, at creative design in the auditorium. Okay, if you can't see, maybe you want to stand up and have a look. Uh, does anybody know what we're talking about today? The River Murray. Thank you, Mandy. Okay, and so the River Murray starts nice and clean, and you can see it's nice and blue down this end, okay, and it runs in, and it sort of hits South Australia, and it gets a little bit brown, Uh, and then it gets a browner, which is a a bad word, and then it, of course, it comes in the Coorong, and it hits the sea, uh, and and it cleans itself up. Beautiful. So we're talking about the River Murray today in the third part of our four-part series on a state of gratitude. So everybody, like everybody has been on the Murray. Is that right? Everybody has seen the Murray. Is that right? That's that's right. Everybody. So we all know what I'm talking about. So I want you to visualize the river today as we we take a tour down the river. And you you can see it bends and curls. And we quite haven't got any billabongs. But at the end of the service, please don't trip over the Murray. Okay, because I noticed after the first service, a few people didn't lift their feet. So next week, we're talking about the Outback. Rod Dyson, who was born in the Outback or Broken Hill, La, and, um, Port Augusta, I get my words right. Port Augusta, we'll speak about the Outback. He loves it. So, and then in the second week of February, uh, I'll be preaching a three-part series on the key values that we need to hold going into 2021 and to become the church that God wants us to be. I want to let you know too that we are looking, still looking for a children and families director. We're looking for someone who loves Jesus, who loves children and loves family and who wants to serve. God is calling somebody to this role. I wish they would pick up the phone. Okay? So if you know the person that needs to pick up the phone, please prompt them. Uh, please would you pray with me that we get the right person for that role. Also, we're looking for an operations manager to coordinate the events in this building and at the front office. Both these job specs are on our webpage. So I encourage you to pray and think about both of these. Also, if you read my weekly email, then you would see there's work going on behind the scenes in our young adult ministry. And there'll be soon some stuff being talked about in this space. So just uh, keep uh, abreast of that so that you know what's happening. But right now we're talking about the mirror, the, it's been a big week, the Murray River, okay. And uh, I think today you'll be challenged and surprised and I hope a little bit more grateful for what God has blessed us with the Murray. So I've got some questions and there are prizes for these questions. Okay, so who knows how long the Murray River is? Yes? Wow, that's, uh, that is so close. It's 2,508. Oh, are you in the first service? Are you in the first service? No, no, <laughs> 1,558 miles. How many tributaries does the Murray River have? How many tributaries? How many rivers going into it does the Murray have? Two. Keep going up. Three. Keep going up. Quite. Who said five? Me. Well done. Okay. Okay. Can anybody name one of those rivers that goes into the River Murray? Who said the darling? Oh, someone behind me said the darling. Murrumbidgee, Murrumbidgee's right. Who said darling? Over there. Okay, watch out. They 
Hopefully they're not dangerous weapons. I haven't done a risk assessment on throwing chocolates in the church. So, uh, any others? Who said the Murrumbidgee, the Darling? There's one starts with L. Lachlan. Who said that? Where was that? Robin Dow. Okay, good. Okay, so there's the Murrumbidgee, the Darling, the Lachlan, the Rago, and the Peru Rivers. Anybody been on all those? No? Okay. So, okay, what is the catchment area called that the Murray River is part of? Young got that one. And uh, does anybody know where the headwaters of the Murray River are? Who said the snowies? There we go. Good Okay. One prize left. Okay. How much of the Murray River water, the water of the Murray River, actually reaches the open sea in percentage? Zero. Zero. Four percent? Four percent of the Murray River water actually reaches the open sea. Okay, and I haven't got a prize for this one, but what is the name of the people who live down in the Coorong area before white settlement? Narendri, got it. Sorry. Okay. All right, well, there is ancient history around the Murray. So being one of the major river systems on one of the driest continents on earth, the Murray has significant cultural relevance for over 40,000 years. They tell me that you can still see the red gums that have had bark canoes cut out of them. Apparently, in the first service, there was quite a few people who actually saw that and knew about it. So I'm going to be looking next time I'm on the river. The land and the river have always been very important to our our, uh, Aboriginal brothers and sisters. Near the river, uh, there were many, once many swamps, billabongs. These were flooded each spring when the melting winter snow and the snowy mountains filled the river. Uh, And also uh, what I omitted to say about the facts of the river is that the river actually also draws from Victoria, yes, but also from right up into Queensland. Huge, massive, big catchment area. Uh, When the river floods for uh, Aboriginal people, this time of year the reeds grew more, uh, some of them more than two metres tall, and they had to burn the reeds to actually get access to the riverbank. Uh, At flood time in the swampy country, they would live on small islands created because of the floods. The river provided much food uh, that the First Nations needed to survive. Also, the clothing and shelter came from the river surrounds. I could find reference to at least 14 different people groups who called the river home before white settlement. Life was formed around the river as it was the lifeblood of many different peoples. Personally, we have, I believe we have a long way to go in this nation as we talk about our first and second peoples. You know, a couple of years ago when I was in New Zealand, I realised just how far behind the eight ball we are in working towards reconciliation, recognition and forgiveness. So I mention our first peoples as we talk about the river for two reasons. One being that we should be conscious of those who have gone before us. And not even knowing a little is doing us, doing us harm as a nation. So it's a helpful for us to have a deep sense of our river's history and this land's deep culture. The second reason is that we all have a past. We all have things that have formed us and have made us who we are. 
We've been blessed by those who have gone before us. And like, a river that, uh, like the river, that blessing just continues to run down through all generations. There's a quote that I think about often and says, if we've seen further than others, it's because we've stood on the shoulders of giants. Each of us have been blessed with giants in our own lives. Some of them are our parents, some of them are our relatives, some have come from books we have read or another significant person in our lives who've had a word in season for us and have enabled us to see further than others. This also means that we too, you too, can bless other generations. In fact, we get the privilege to bless others in purposeful and deliberate ways to make sure that what gets passed down is helpful and healthy. Back in the summer of 2000, I took a Trago load of kids to NCYC in Brisbane, and I drove up to Brisbane. And on the way home, during summer, stupidly, I drove across the Hay Plains. Not very smart. The air conditioner in that Trago didn't work too well either. And we crossed hay and we just got onto the Murrumbidgee River and I stopped the car and before the dust settled all the young adults jumped out and were in the water and I don't know what sparked the comment from me but I distinctly remember as we were this deep in the water of the Murrumbidgee saying to the young adults you need to be really careful what you do now in this river because in a few weeks time you're going to drink it What we do now matters to those who come after us. This is true of the environment as it is of our spiritual life. So I've got a question for you in this first part of this service. The question is, what are you passing on to the next generation? And maybe the better question is, what what should you be deliberately passing on to the next generation? In the book of Exodus, we find the Ten Commandments. And there's an excerpt that I want to read to you and I'll give you the the whole context because it's verse 6 that speaks exactly to what I'm saying today. Verse 4 says this, You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation for those who hate me. And here we go, verse 6, a very important but, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. A thousand generations. What you do upriver affects those downriver. What you do spiritually now affects those spiritually later in due course. We choose our legacy. I want to invite Jonathan Carpenter to come and lead us in a prayer. Thanks, Jonathan. Heavenly Father, thank you that it is you who fills our hearts with gratitude. Thank you that you bring freedom as our hearts are filled with thankfulness. Lord, we know that all good things come from you. And as they do, 
you allow in us release of things that need to be let go of. And like water entering dry ground, you allow us to absorb freely and deeply the love and the grace and the hope that your spirit brings. Father, thank you that we can be filled with you and your thankfulness and gratefulness to us. Lord, it is exciting to know that you have great things planned for us. May you bring to us greater awareness of the good things that you have planned long before for us to enjoy. Jesus, you give us a glimpse of your goodness and it brings in us hearts of gratitude. Thank you. May we be filled with more of you. Amen. Well, the Murray, which of course is part of the Murray-Darling Basin, provides much of the food which meets our day-to-day needs. It's commonly called the food bowl of Australia. Things like rice, all sorts of grain, barley, wheat, oats, avocados, all sorts of fruits and berries, sultanas, wine, different varieties of nuts, dairies, sheep, whole host of other meat-related products are raised on the Murray. In 2017, it was estimated that the net worth of the agricultural food production was $19 billion. That's what I wanted. Let me give you some percentages which give you the scope from which the basin, which the Murray Murray River is a huge part of, uh, indicates. So 30% of our dairy comes from its soil. Nearly 50% of our irrigated food comes from it, as well as 74% of our grapes, 96% of our cotton, and nearly 100% of the total Australian rice production comes from this area, which represents over 50,000 farms. It is a very substantial part of our country's food resource, and you only have to drive along the river to see the amounts of food and grain that exist within its length. Going by the list I read out, odds on your lunch today or your tea tonight will come from the banks of the Murray River or watered with water from the Murray. It's no surprise that the river brings the water to grow food, but also as we progress down the river, you can see the the colour of the river change. You can see the rich sediment which deposits in the ground, which enables a fertile land to grow good food. This aspect of the Murray is more of a blessing than we could ever imagine. For the food is not just for us, but it is also the home for hundreds of different varieties of animals and birds and fish that make its home in its water or along its banks. You know, when I think of food, I often, well, I quickly think of spiritual food. I mean, what do you put in your life that brings you spiritual nourishment? I've loved exploring the various reaches of the Murray River and I've spent a lot of time camping and swimming and canoeing and different parts of the river and and also the other rivers that make up the Murray and eventually find their way down into the Murray. 
all those rivers combined together to make the, the Murray what it is at this moment. It is the same with our faith. Different things combine to strengthen and assist our spiritual life. But here's the thing. I believe you have to be deliberate about what influences you put into your spiritual life. You have to be deliberate about getting the spiritual food that you need. The Murray provides us with so much. But it won't help you if you don't go to the supermarket or figure out some way to get that food into your house and then that food into your mouth. The Murray can provide all the food in the world, but it won't help you unless you actually eat it, will it? Will it? You know where I'm going. You can have five, 15 Bibles at home. You can have access to all the best Bible teachers and the best Bible teaching. You can have churches close. You can have worship teams near. You can have Bible studies in your neighborhood and still be spiritually starving. It's so ironic that much of the Western church is overfed physically, but underfed spiritually. Overfed physically because we eat too many times a day and underfed spiritually because we eat once a week. I'm sure that's upset somebody, but it's time somebody said the truth. You can't be healthy if you only eat once a week. The truth is that we do have more Bibles in our homes than we read. We have now at our fingertips unlimited 24-hour access to some of the greatest Bible teachers that have ever lived, those now and those that have gone before us. We do have churches near us that are open. We do have Bible studies all around us. And our gratitude for the food we have that comes from the Murray should in turn cause us gratitude for the spiritual food and it should cause us to access it. And then allow that information, that spiritual nourishment to cause us to act into the world. The input that we take should lead us to output. We should bless the world with the blessing that's come in to us. In a moment. Rachel is going to join me here. And we're going to hear a Bible reading from John chapter 4 where Jesus meets a woman at a well. And I encourage you to listen carefully to what Jesus says about water because I'm going to speak to it in part three. Thanks, Rachel. Come here and I'll hold the mic for you. Actually, you've got two hands. You can hold the mic for yourself if you'd like. Just turn this way to the camera there. There we go. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you the living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. 
Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. So we've been graced with this incredible river, amazingly so, from its journey right in the Alps, right up in the snow country, all the way down, gathering all these different sources coming down, picking up all this sediment and different bits and pieces coming all the way out, right down to Gua, into the Kurong, out to the sea. All that way, the Murray is teeming with life. Even now, with all our destruction and mismanagement, the Murray still holds significant life, abundant life. It supports a wide variety of river life adapted to its various parts and the different facets of it. This includes a variety of native fish such as Murray cod, trout cod, golden perch, Macquarie perch, silver perch, eel-tailed catfish, Australian smelt, I've never seen one of those, Western carp gudgeon, anybody seen a Western? No, you're with me. Um, other aquatic species like the Murray short-necked turtle, I've seen one of those, the Murray River crayfish, the broad-clawed yabby and the clawed macrobracherium shrimp. I've been pronouncing that all week to say it. As well as other things like the common long-necked turtle, yabbies, water rats, and of course, the platypus. Wonderfully, the Murray River supports one of the most iconic species, the river red gum, and great forests stand along its banks. Unfortunately, and no surprise for you to hear this, the health of the Murray River has declined significantly since European settlement, particularly due to river regulation and much of its aquatic life, including its native fish, are now declining, rare or endangered. Of course, the couple of recent droughts that we've had have not done anything to help the health of the Murray. There is great concern over the long-term survival of our red gum forests. And introduced fish species such as carp have also had a serious and negative effect on our native fish. Some parts of the river now, the only thing that's living in the river is carp. But it still supports life and all is not lost. Of course, it's not just our food that is humans' food that we get from the Murray. Anywhere between 40 and 90% of Adelaide's water comes from the Murray. We would be unable to exist in our current form without the life-giving water of the Murray. The Murray gives us life. And for that, we should be grateful. And we should thank our wonderful God who's given us the gift of this water of life that sustains our life. A wonderful gift from a wonderful creator. I'm sure you've heard that Bible reading before. Famous one from John chapter 4 where Jesus meets the woman at the well. John, Jesus gives some really significant answers to some questions. And verse 10, he answers her first question. And he says, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who is it that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Now, obviously, 
like us, the woman doesn't understand. She doesn't get what Jesus was meaning with a living water comment. So she says in verse 11, Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw the water with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? You can see that the woman doesn't equate Jesus with someone who might be able to provide more than just the average. But Jesus' answer is incredibly enlightening to her. And fortunately for us, it's been written down. And so we can ponder it as well. Verse 13, Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I will give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up unto eternal life. And all of a sudden, the penny drops for this woman and she twigs that Jesus is more than just ordinary, but rather here he is, someone who is extraordinary. He can offer her something that she has never had before and something that she has been longing for, water that leads to eternal life, life-giving water that has an on-flowing effect unto the life ever after. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. You know, we have this mighty river symbolized with a few bed sheets that gives us life. It brings us life. We drink it, we bathe in it, we wash our cars, we fill our pools, we water our gardens with it, but it's a finite resource and we should never get away from that. In fact, if we don't get ourselves organised, if we don't stop squabbling amongst our states, if we don't rein in big business and foreign nationals that own huge sections of the river, then we, make no mistake, are going to be in a lot of trouble. Our greed is going to run the river dry and we will not have the life that we enjoy. The woman at the well realised that in front of her was someone who could actually give her life, the water of life, like spiritual water that went way beyond anything that she had ever experienced before. She worked out very quickly that he was somebody who was not usual. And I wonder if you've realised the same thing. Do you recognise exactly who Jesus is? Not only is he the water of life, but there's another phrase the Bible uses to describe him. He's called the author of life. I love that phrase, the author of life. He wrote out how it was meant to be. He designed it in the first place. It was from his mind that life came into being. And he knows the, the best way for us to live it. Living your life without Jesus is like washing your car down a bolivar with sewerage water. You can do it, but the results aren't going to be too good, are they? My friends, I'm about to give you my last few words on this series. It's a series on gratitude, absolutely. It's a series on this state and the blessings that we have for living in this state. Of course it is. But it's a series 
all about Jesus and constantly and repeatedly, I have pointed you in the direction of Jesus. So I say to you at this moment, won't you see how wonderful Jesus is? Won't you understand that He is the giver of all good gifts and the one who brings to us and offers us the amazing, gracious gift of life in all its abundance, an unpolluted life, uncluttered life, a life that leads you, leads you into freedom and wholeness. Won't you see just how important and vital He is to life? If you don't know Him, then I commend Him to you. No, actually that's not strong enough. I urge Him upon you to consider Him as part of your life. You need Him in your life. I need Him in my life. Let me tell you, take a serious look at Jesus. You will never be disappointed. I'm gonna invite Rachel to come and lead us in a prayer, a prayer for others. Would you close your eyes as she prays and, and just listen to her words and let us pray with her. Thanks, Rachel. Heavenly Father, we pray for your world that you created and that you love. We pray as we watch the COVID-19 case numbers and death toll continue to rise in so much of the world, Lord. Lord God, lead the leaders as they make difficult decisions and give them courage to do what is right for the good of the people that you have given to them to shepherd. We pray for healthcare workers, for protection over their bodies, hearts and minds. May you comfort and bless them as they serve and sacrifice for their communities. We pray for the rollout of the vaccines and that you would use them to bring an end to the pandemic. May they be distributed quickly and throughout every place that needs them in your world, regardless of money or power, including refugees and displaced peoples. Lord, we pray for first peoples around the world who have been mistreated. We pray that we would truly listen to the experiences and needs of our own First Nations peoples, uplift their voices and work together to address the difficulties that they face working towards true reconciliation. Lord, we pray for the people and for the nation of Uganda. We pray that the truth will be known about the results of the election. And we pray for your blessing and protection over those working to make this happen. We thank you, God, that you are a God of truth, justice and peace. Help us to seek you over any wealth or power that this world can offer. Break our hearts for what breaks yours and lead us to serve and love all your people. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Seeds Church podcast. We hope you join in with us next week. For more information, you can visit our website at seedschurch.org.